<laughs> hey fam, this is After the Wake, Her Story. After the Wake is a Black liberation-focused podcast where we will be capturing our current moment and the beauty of our lives despite 2020's two pandemics. Her Story, After the Wake, five-episode miniseries that will center Black female voices. This is Amber, joined here with Kyla. Hey, Kyla. Hey, I'm Kyla. I am a Chinatown-based artist. You can actually find me online at Instagram at virgocrush underscore. And this is Sharon. I'm a Queens born and raised Black business owner and a blogger. You can find me on Instagram at unicornqueen021. We are here for a young audience, a Black audience, and anyone who's willing to listen to three Black girls just talk about being us. <laughs> Prepare to be celebrated, to be liberated, educated, and hopefully inspired. Let's get into it. So what's the craziest hairstyle you ever had? Was it crazy or did they just not get it? All right. So I'm not even going... Let me get right into this. So I had, you know, box braids in mm-hmm. middle school. I had the blonde box braids, right? Okay. And I was feeling them. My mom dyed them. And I was like, okay, I was going to have rainbow braids. She dipped it in Kool-Aid. That's how she did it. She, That's the thing. People yeah, do that. No, 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 no. Yeah. And it was wonderful until every single outfit I had had nothing but marks running down it for the oh. whole week. And everyone was laughing because I was constantly color bleeding everywhere. Oh. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Don't use Kool-Aid, man. Don't do it. But you looked great. A little bit. Yeah, man. That's true. You looked great. <laughs> uh, this makes me think, like, my craziest hairstyle is when, I don't know if you remember when I used to color my hair, like, mm-hmm. a lot. And I had this purple hair. This is around the time I decided to cut my hair. So mm-hmm. I cut the sides off of my hair. So it's purple. Like, a purple mohawk. It was crazy, but I actually liked it. A lot of people thought it was lesbian, and we got a lot of interesting interactions from that. It was really great. I commend you for cutting. What about you, Sharon? <laughs> um, my craziest hairstyle was when I had an office job, which is like kind of crazy because who looks, who would make their hair weird at an office job? But I was in a technology office job, and I wore the lightest aquamarine. <laughs> blue hair and it had like dark roots and Ooh. I stood out like a sore thumb. It was a bob. It was a curly bob too in this light color and to this day I look back at those pictures like I was wearing suit attire with <laughs> aquamarine hair. But I bet you looked good. Yeah. Like that I'm sounds really great. <laughs> um, I don't know. Did that like cause any backlash was anyone like oh you can't wear a suit and tie and have aquamarine hair da, 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 da. like it was a tech space so technology people they're really free so mm-hmm. nobody really said anything like, like it was just liberals. like you know the looks but <laughs> so you're the only one who felt that way then you're the only one who was like do i look weird with aquamarine hair and a suit yeah in 2019 as you guys may know the First state to enact the Crown Act was California. Do you really believe that protected us? What was the Crown Act? Yeah, what's the Crown Act? The Crown Act was an act for against hair discrimination for workplaces and jobs and schools. Who what? does it like cover? Is that like just black women or black people, black women in business in general, or like? 
it covered black hair in general. So if you're wearing dreads, if you have your hair in natural hairstyles, or if you're just wearing weave, they can't tell you it's unprofessional. You can't come to work. So that's 2019 in California. They enacted that. Uh, Does it protect us? I don't know. Like, how do laws ever protect us? Do we actually need protection, though, when the black hair care industry is thriving and we have our own spaces? So do you think we still need some sort of protection? Are laws really ever enough? Because what's stopping the person who owns this company or your teacher from going around this and saying, well, it wasn't because of the hair. It was because they had an attitude. What's stopping someone from well, moving around this law? Clocking in late. Like, yeah. at my job, that's something they would do. Like, oh, you clocked in two minutes late and you have a weave. You're fired. So, so this is the thing that gets me. I know that we have our own spaces and it's inclusive, but the fact that we even have to make laws like the Crown Act... I'm not going to lie. I love the way it sounds. It sounds like royalty. I love it. But the fact that we even have to make a law that says, hey, you can't get mad because this person's wearing their hair this way. It's crazy. And it makes you think about the state of America that like that is something that we have to have massive amounts of people come and sit around and agree on because it's not self-evident. It's not common sense. they're still agreeing on it. It's in like two states, not 50. That's what I'm saying. There's people disagreeing. No, No. you don't deserve to have brown hair. I want it blonde. What what are you? (laughs) It just doesn't make sense that... It just speaks to the fragility of white men that they're like, whoa, that's a little too much. Like, we can't. I feel crazy (laughs) because weren't we like a, aren't we a superpower at the moment? And our big discussions are if the women can wear hair a certain way. And I feel like, I don't know. And it's like, in this day and age, do we need the conversation still? Like, is my work ethic, is my degree, is everything I went... Reduced to my hair. Yes, is it reduced to hair? I also feel like we're at a time where, like, we're not... We're kind of past it. Yeah. People are still talking about our hair, and we're just like, oh, oh, my bad, thanks, bro. I don't entertain it. (laughs) We're gone. Like, you're still worried about it? Nah. But the Crown Act is cool. And I think that the fact that measures were put into place for for protection, it shouldn't be needed. But the fact that it was passed, you can go, California. Do your thing, bro. I think um, within, I don't know, we always have this conversation in terms of like, how are white people accepting us? But uh, I just feel like we Mm. might have to turn on his head and talk about how we are accepting us. Uh, I don't know if anyone else noticed, but Jamaica just made it illegal or like no it's legal to tell a kid that they can't wear their dreads to school they can't wear whatever type of hairstyle to school so jamaica um it may be time to just Korean. direct it to J- jamaica jamaica J- jamaica jamaica J- yes but <laughs> that jamaica that jamaica can y'all tell me if i'm ignorant please because y'all can educate me and our listeners like maybe y'all about to be put on too so ja usually it translates into God, right? I don't know. Like, and, okay. So I thought part, part of like Rastafarianism or even just like the religion of that, of that area, they shine on like having dreads and like it's part of your culture and your look and your locks and it's considered like a prestige sort of. Well, I think the thing is that Rastafarianism 
uh, is not the major religion there. It's yeah. actually Christianity. Yeah. Um, and they Jesus just, likes dreads. I'm confused. Jesus had dreads. This <laughs> is why I'm so confused. So who exactly said it would be in our best interest at this very moment to say you can't do this? Like, it's all the people who internalize res- respectability politics. They feel like we don't deserve respect if we're not looking a certain way. And those people are us people. Self-hate? Uh, Self-hate. Oh, okay. yes. Just making sure. And who are we to tell kids they can't, they don't deserve to be educated like the other because kids? Because of your hair. Because of hair. Because of <laughs> hair. I'm not going to lie. There are places where they just shave your head. Like, and like um, isn't it in certain in places Africa. in Africa? Yeah, and they're only blonde. It's beautiful. They just, yes, this girl I went to school school with, She her hair was short until she came here. Like, And even after, for yeah. the three years... She cut her hair all the time. And I was like, why do you cut your hair all the time? And she was like, well, in Africa, they do that to keep it clean for, you know, so they can minimize distractions when you're in in school. And I was like, that's crazy. Like, is hair, like, does hair distract? Does hair get that dirty? Our hair is distracting distracting. as much as how great we are. PSA, guys, hair is distracting. You're sitting here watching a podcast about hair. That's distracting. You see, look. Boom. It's all distracting. <laughs> um, but let's not get distracted by focusing on those things. Like school isn't about that. We're gonna take a break. I'm feeling a smoothie. Yeah. You want one? Let's take a smoothie. Do babe. you want one, Sharon? Do you want a smoothie? Not today. Okay. <laughs> to all the queens out there listening, I wanna put you guys on to something. Let's be real, COVID weight is a thing, but finding the perfect place to get active is super hard. From expensive studios with scare Benny behinds behind you to draining hit training sessions, you may feel your options are pretty limited. Have you heard of Fit for Dance? Brooklynites, this studio run by a rhythmic black queen, Lacey Chisholm, is dedicated to bringing quality and affordable dance and fitness instruction to women, children in Brooklyn. They offer a comfortable space where folks can have fun, learn to dance, improve their fitness and health, meet new people, build community, and explore other cultures in a safe and warm environment. Although the studio is currently closed due to COVID, you can totally sign up for online classes and the occasional rooftop dance party. Sign up, have fun. I'll see you guys there. We're back and we're joined with Marielle from Mary Styles. You can say hey to the fam. Hello, guys. How are you? Hey. 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 <laughs> How are you doing today? I'm doing amazing. I love that. I love to hear that. <laughs> you had a hard time getting here, the MTA. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's New York City, man. <laughs> you got used to it. Cool, cool. Yeah. Um, so we're just going to be talking about what caused you to start your new hairstyling business. For all the listeners out there, Marielle just started doing hair. She's a hairstylist in Brooklyn, Queens. She comes to you with all of her little bag full of everything she needs. She's done my hair a couple of times. She's really great. Uh, natural braids, whatever you want. So, but what made you start doing hair or doing your own hair? Uh, Something I've always wanted to do. And I was, well, before, you know, COVID happened, a lot of people didn't have time to do certain things that they always 
wanted to do like some dreams of yours that you had for a couple of years and you just had had to get a full time job. You had to go to college you, and then you'd forget about it. But mm. so I took advantage, you know, in quarantine and I learned so many different styles, so many different things. And I decided to just go for it this year. So just so, go for it. I mm-hmm. like that. Would you say you finally feel like an expert at hair? Yes, I do. Um, I learned so much over the years. I've been doing this since I was really young, maybe since like 12 years old. I've actually been oh. doing my hair and my family's hair. Uh, I worked in a salon a little bit and my family have salons themselves. So I grew up around it. But when you were working in the salons, you weren't doing hair before, right? Or yeah, I was, I was doing hair, but I was just doing like washing hair and rolls and blower. Yeah, okay. and you were like the stylist. You were like assisted, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so now you're rising up. This is a little weird, and I know you probably can, but you could definitely like finesse a blowout, right? Definitely. Yes. Okay, I'm not gonna lie. I have a cousin who just went to get a blowout, and it looks crazy. Like it, it's so bad that I. Thanks God. Thank you. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, you gotta go to the right person for that. Definitely. Yeah. So, like, growing up, tell me again where you grew up, Brooklyn. I grew up in Brooklyn. Mm. I was born in Dominican Republic. I came mm. really small, like four years old. Oh, So. So, little Marielle from the Dominican Republic in Brooklyn, have you mm. ever felt not proud about your hair? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> tell us about that. Um, I have curly, kinky hair. That's not easy at all to deal with. Facts. Um, and definitely makes me different from a lot of people. It definitely makes me stand out, makes me feel when I have my afro out, like I'm mm-hmm. just the tension of the room mm-hmm. sometimes. So, I'm like, you're singing to my soul because like <laughs> I love big hair. Like I'm used to being called like Shaka Khan or like all the hair. So I know exactly what you mean. It demands a like it's a presence to be felt. Do you feel powerful when you're like? Mm-hmm. With your hair all out, everybody watching. It, it could be good what? and it could be bad because you don't know what to do with the attention sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's it good and bad, awkward. you know? I'm going to say wave. Like when yeah. my hair is attracting attention, I always feel like, quote unquote, <laughs> wrong attention. Like I told you, my hair used to be like pink. And then it's a guy with like across the street, hey, pixie chick or something dumb. Oh my God. Unoriginal. <laughs> But across the street, and I feel like everyone's looking at me. They They also love my hair. They are, yes, because I'm great. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So what was your journey to becoming becoming more comfortable with your hair? I'll be honest with you. Uh, Well, since I have, since I was raised in a Dominican family, they used to perm my hair when I was younger. I and did not know Dominicans permed their hair as well. Like, I thought that was like that. only like uh, African American household thing. Like like maybe South. Like I never knew that. No, actually, they really too. they love doing it. And what? I don't, it's because they they're you know yeah they love straight hair. Yeah, I they know. don't. They're not used to that. Mm-hmm. You know, Afro Afrocentric. You know stuff. So. um 
But that's what your their hair is. Your hair, like you told me, like your father is darker skin and you've got really mm-hmm. coarse hair. Yeah, I get it from my father, definitely. So but it's amazing though. Like it's so nice. Like it's noteworthy. Yeah, it Did they ever <laughs> look at you because you were embracing like your I don't know the word for like the proper word for like Afro? To like, I'm saying it's wrong. Like, yes, like, because you were embracing your roots. I'm going to go with that. Yes. Roots. Like, did they ever, like, what are you doing? Like, yeah, definitely. Um, Well, when I, I stopped perming my hair maybe about a couple years ago, like seven, and then I stopped um, putting heat on my hair after mm. that. So when I started just having my natural afro, it definitely, I saw a change. I saw a shift. <laughs> like, like, they weren't used to this side, like, oh, <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> and do you think, like, getting perms affected how you, like, see your hair, like, as a child? Like, you saw, like, one, like, like curly hair different than you saw, like, straight hair? Yes, I, I learned to love my hair so much more after I stopped mm-hmm. doing that. Because I never knew how beautiful it was because I never got to um, mm-hmm. embrace it, embrace the curls. Because, you know, as a child, you don't really do your own hair as a child. Your mm. parents do your hair. <laughs> so, yeah. Did you ever have a moment where your, like, parents told you, like, you're old enough. I'm not doing your hair anymore. Like, you're on your own. Mm-hmm. Like, like what did what did you do? Because I flipped. Oh. I went crazy. I was like, what do you mean? Well, I asked. <laughs> so, really? I said, mommy, <laughs> I'm doing it now. That That's just a- happened to me. <laughs> I literally, like, this week had to get my hair braided by somebody. And I haven't got my hair braided by anybody but my mother in seven years. Yeah. So, like, two days ago, I had to get my hair braided by someone else. And I was just so upset. Cause I was like, mommy can do this. Exactly. It feels like I've been abandoned, sort of. Like yes. The- Maybe that's part of the parenting role, the the taking care and mending of hair, too. Like, I feel like that's a bonding experience. Like, it's so much that goes into your hair mm. it's more than and once you realize that you know yourself you you do you have to learn about hair care when you have a kid you actually really have to get into how to do it the type of hair your kid has because everybody will look at you mm-hmm. they'll be like you know your kid looks like that you're mm-hmm. aware <laughs> and like you're walking around you can't look nice if your kid look like that you gotta look like your kid so like, mm-hmm. it was seven years ago where you were like thrown out of your mother's hair care no 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 um I stopped perming mm-hmm. because I wasn't really aware about, you know, what it was doing to my hair and stuff. So I guess I started being more aware of it, like about seven, eight years ago around there. Yeah. Are we exposing ages online on air? <laughs> Is that what we're doing now? Exposing <laughs> ages? Teenager. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Who do you care? You're 23. <laughs> I'm actually 22. I don't even know what she's talking about. I'm over here just being 22. Like, you're 16. <laughs> woman then you could be like oh no don't expose me <laughs> um yeah i was just trying to get a timeline from when you got off the quote-unquote creamy crack and like when you started embracing like when did the love come in because like i feel like as black women or kinky hair we there's just a like, not a lot of people around to tell you to love your hair like everyone even people who look like you will tell you you need to do this you need to do that why are you letting your kids walk around nappy heads my grandmother used to say to my mother like it's 
we have to kind of find our own paths to loving our bodies and loving our hair. So I'm just like curious uh, how that happened for you. It's different for everybody. Yeah, that's really true. You can't really listen to people's opinions about your hair. You have to learn to be, to have a bond with your hair in Mm -hmm. a way, you know? I don't know. So when, I guess when I started the love came, I guess the love came, mm-hmm. and maybe... It came gradually, like the reassurance that what you were doing was proper. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I had to learn. It's literally like starting over in a way, mm-hmm. because you have to learn products and... You have to learn you. Like, yeah. not just you on the mental level, but on the physical level, on the spiritual level. Like, you mm-hmm. cannot talk about hair and not mention the aftermath of it, the consequences or like the rewards you can't you can't mention it without giving both i feel you it's a bigger topic than Mm -hmm. it seems yeah you don't feel good unless your hair feels good oh my god yes you Mm -hmm. feel like bum like just a bum crazy (laughs) not a bum but like literally you feel like you are a bum that's one of the things that makes me um into this business because i just love making people feel good and just making them feel beautiful good about themselves you know okay mario to like wrap it up we're actually gonna be asking all of our guests this one question would you say this is your quote-unquote after the wake moments um yeah definitely it wasn't easy to get that push you know to just not sleep on your dreams anymore just not you know let time tick and not do anything about it, about something, about something that you're passionate about. Um, Yeah, it wasn't easy, but it takes a lot of, well, it takes support. I had a good talk with one of my cousins early in the year, and she did give me a push and motivated me with some words, just like not to doubt yourself ever. And... Yeah, it feels good to have someone like family support you and getting confident with yourself as well. Like, you know, as a businesswoman, you have to be really confident. You have to have a positive mindset, you know, all the time. So, yeah, it's it feels good to get to that point to, you know, feel comfortable with myself. So, yeah. I respect that. I fully respect that. Thank you. Um, just thank you for saying that and coming on the show to talk about your after the wake moment. Do you have anything else you want to say to our listeners? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, you know, you could hit me up on Instagram. It's underscore Mary dot styles. Um, and book me for an appointment, you know? Yes. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I felt like what you said, that should be like the lasting impression, should be the, you know, the time to stop sleeping on your dreams. And like, how long are you going to just sit around and not do what you know you really want to do? And like, I like how you said that. Thank yeah. you so much. After the Wake is co-hosted and produced by me, Amber Worsley. After the Wake is produced in collaboration with New Africa Foundation. Niall Farrell is our 
lead editor. Our creative visual director is Ashante Charles. Our cover art was designed by Jachina De Leon. We are sponsored by Fit for Dance Studio in Brooklyn, New York. Our sound engineer is Andrew Fair of Brooklyn Broadcasting Studio. Peace out, everybody. Later. Ooh.